Well, come on, let's magnify the name of the Lord tonight. Dear God, we love you, Jesus. Lord, we bless your holy name. We give you all of the glory and the honor tonight, dear God. Have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our minds, dear God. We need you, Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. If you have a Bible, let's turn to the book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter 3. Second Thessalonians chapter three and beginning at verse beginning at verse six. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the tradition which he received of us. For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us. For we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. And by the help of the Holy Ghost, tonight I want to pull from verse 9 where he said, talked about making themselves an example. And I want to talk about the apostles' example tonight. I want to talk about the apostles' example. You can be seated tonight. Here in the book of Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, Paul is dealing with a certain thing here. And as I was reading the other night, verse 9 stuck out to where he said that how that their example, the example that they left for them, the example that they gave them while they was there, uh, for them to follow them, to imitate them, to their lifestyles, the things that they were doing, how they were acting, uh, their conversation, it all was an example of how to go about things and how to go about living this life for God. And uh, tonight, it is my desire that I glean from the examples of the apostles that they left for us today. Um, it, through all throughout the scripture, in the book of Acts, you'll read different things that they were, that they did, and how they left, and how we are supposed to take from their example and apply it to our lives. You know, a lot of people, you know, they talk about how that they are, they like to throw around the word apostolic, but I'm convinced that a lot of people don't know what it means to be apostolic. Um, the apostolic, it means to that we are a continuation of the apostles' doctrine. You know, what the apostles preach, we preach it. Um, what they taught, we taught it. And I don't only believe that it is dealing with doctrine. I believe that it's dealing with lifestyle. I believe that it's dealing with our conversations. 
I believe it deals with where uh, our obedience. Um, I believe that our lifestyle is supposed to imitate. It's supposed that their lifestyle was a pattern. It was a model for us to imitate. Even tonight, I want to imitate in the house of the Lord what the apostles did. You'll read in the book of Acts when the first day that the Holy Ghost was poured out, you'll read that how that they gathered into the house of the Lord. It was about 120 of them. And the Bible tells us that they were praying. They were seeking after the Lord. They were waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. They were all there in one place and in one accord. I believe tonight that we need to imitate the, the apostles tonight. And I, need, I believe that our minds should be fixed on what we're here to do tonight. I believe we're all here in one place, but the question is, are we all here in one accord tonight? Do we all have our mind fixed on the one common thing, and that's to lift up, that's to magnify the name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and allow God to have his way in this place tonight. Allow him to pour out his spirit the way that he wants to. You can be seated tonight. There are some things as I begin to read, you know, you read throughout the book of Acts. And that's where you're going to find out what the apostles did. And you want to do what the apostles did. You want to apply it to your life. And one thing I can say about them that they knew how to call upon God. They knew how to get a hold of God when it was needed and when they was at desperate times and they needed an answer from God. They knew how to call upon God. I believe that we ought to be a church that knows how to call upon God. I believe that we don't need to be pumped. We don't need to be primed. We don't need to be begged. We don't need to be coached. I believe if we have this thing the way that we say we have it, if we have what the apostles have, we're going to know how to pray. We're going to know how to get a hold of God. We're going to know how to get our hands in the air and get our mouths open and begin to cry out to God and let him know that we need you and we need you right now. There is no other option. You are the only option tonight. I believe that if we're going to take their example, and you can be seated tonight. I believe that tonight, that we know how to call upon God. I'm talking about calling on him until the house is shaken. I'm talking about praying at the, your darkest times in your life until some things begin to shake to the thing that has you bowed begin to loose you but until some prison doors in your heart begin to open up and you can see the sun shining in. Somebody needs to get a, a hold of God tonight. Somebody needs to make it up in their mind that I'm going to have a prayer life the way that the apostles had that when they opened up their mouths and they called upon God, things begin to happen. Miraculous things begin to take place. I believe we need to take after their example tonight and we need to imitate it tonight. You can be seated. Because I'm afraid tonight that there are those that have, that are changing what it means to be an apostolic. What it means to 
have this experience. People think that it's about your, your heritage. It's about what family you was born in. People think that it's about your education and your higher learning. And I'm not knocking education. I'm not knocking higher learning. But I want you to know that doesn't mean that you have a hold of what the apostles had. Because you can gain all the knowledge in this world. And matter of fact, you'll find out that as they were talking to them, they realized that they said that these was unlearned men. In other words, they didn't have all of the degrees. They didn't have the plaques on the walls, but there was one thing about them that they couldn't deny. They couldn't look past. They couldn't look past the fact that these men without a shadow, without a doubt, has been with Jesus. I want you to know it don't matter what plaque you got on your wall. The only thing that matters is have you spent some time with Jesus? Have you got a hold of Jesus? Come on, I'm talking about spending some time with him in prayer. Spending some time with him in the reading of his word. You can be seated tonight. You'll find out people, they can have to be a whole lot of different things. And they're taking away what it really means. But you gotta have, you gotta make it up in your mind. I want it the way that they had it, the way that they had it. I'm not standing here saying that I have it all figured out, but I'm telling you, there's a desire to get what they had. I don't want a mediocre walk with God tonight. I believe that the same Holy Ghost that was poured out on the day of Pentecost, I believe we should have the same access to it today. Some people, you know, they look back and say, well, they were different. Listen, they were men and women just like you. One thing they had their mind fixed on, and that was getting a hold of God. There was no other option. God was the only option. I want you to know that when you make up in your mind that there is no other option for me. God is my only source. I promise you, you're experiencing the way that they did. can be seated tonight. So these men, they knew how to get a hold of God. These men weren't, they weren't proud. They weren't puffed up. They weren't arrogant. They didn't want the spotlight on them. They knew that it wasn't about them. They knew it was about Jesus. It's so amazing as you see people that call themselves, that, that, that say that they have this experience, this great treasure. And it's a great treasure here tonight, amen? It's sad when you see these people that say they have this experience, but it is very obvious that they want the spotlight. They want the spotlight to be on them. And they fish for comments, for, for compliments. There are people that are experts at fishing for compliments. They know how to put it up so everybody can see and they so people can begin to compliment. And, and it's, what it is is they want the attention. They want to be seen. They want to be looked upon. They want to be looked upon as something great. 
But the apostles knew that it wasn't about them. It was about Jesus Christ. You'll read that after the lame man was, was healed at the gate called Beautiful, that they began to look at them. And Peter said, why do you guys, why are you all looking upon, earnestly looking upon us as if it was our power or our holiness that had that had made this man whole. In other words, he was saying, get your eyes off of us. It ain't about us. It's about Jesus Christ tonight. Come on, I want to get my eyes on the right one tonight. Come on, the Lord said in one place, he said, look unto me and be ye saved. I want to look unto the one that really matters tonight. I want to get my eyes on Jesus Christ. Don't look at me, look at Jesus tonight. Don't worship me, worship Jesus tonight. He's the only one. Come on, one writer said, looking up to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I want to get my eyes on the right one tonight. You can be seated tonight. I want to get my eyes on the right one tonight. I don't want the spotlight. I don't want to be recognized. I don't want to be, I don't want the pat on the back. I want to take the apostles' example tonight, and I want to apply it to my life. The Word of God tells us that Peter, after God gives him the vision of how that he's opened up the door of salvation to the Gentiles, and tells Peter to go, go down and go with the men, go down and nothing. And the Bible says that when Peter went down and they finally make their way to Cornelius' house, that when Peter comes, Cornelius comes, and he falls down at his feet and he begins to worship him. And Peter pulled him up and said, stand up, I myself am a man. In other words, Peter knew, don't worship this flesh. There is nothing good in this flesh. I myself am a man. I stand here knowing tonight that I'm a mere man. And there is nothing good when I'm in my flesh. But I know one thing, that the answer is found in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ alone, it's found in the Holy Ghost. Get your eyes on the people and get your eyes on Jesus. He's the only one that can save you. He's the only one that can deliver you. He's the only one that can set you free. You can be seated tonight. Get your eyes off of people. Get your eyes on Jesus. And you find out that these men, they were, they were, they were humbled. They, they understood that it's not about me. But you got to understand where they got it from. Where they learned it from. They learned it from Jesus Christ. They learned it from walking with him, talking with him. The Bible tells us about Jesus, and it tells us to let this mind be in you that was in Christ. And it said how that he made himself of no reputation. You'll read that there were times where he healed people, and he said, see that you tell no one. There, there was a young rich ruler that came to him, and he said, Good master. And Jesus said, why callest thou me good? They wanted to make him a king. He didn't want nothing to do with it. He found a way of escape. He understood 
that in this flesh there is nothing good about this flesh. This flesh shouldn't be magnified. It shouldn't be worshipped. It shouldn't be glorified. These apostles had that understanding. They were humble too. They were, they were broken. They knew how to obey. I'm going to tell you, it does you no good to be disobedient. It does you no good to be defiant. You find out that some people, you know, sometimes you think that people do things and they make decisions because maybe, you know, maybe they don't know. But then you find out that after a person has been told a thing and been explained a situation to them and have been, been given instructions, Paul said it like this. He said, we command you. But guess what? He said in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, the command that he was given, it came from Jesus. The problem is people think that instructions that are given, it comes from people. Well, that's their opinion. That's their idea. No, you need to understand that God is giving the instruction. And you need to have a little faith and go ahead and obey. Go ahead and submit. Go ahead and have. And believe in the word of God. We ain't in the business of trying to tell you what to do. We're in the business of getting you saved. And keeping you saved. You can be seated tonight. But these men were, they were humble. They were obedient. One place you'll read where Jesus now, the disciples, they had been out fishing all night long. They come in. They don't catch anything. Jesus tells Peter, he tells him, cast your net to a certain side. And Peter said, Lord, we've been toiling, toiling all night long. But you'll find out that Peter said, nevertheless, at thy word. Something clicked in his mind. Nevertheless, I know. We've been toiling all night long, but if you say it, do it, I'm going to do it. Somebody needs to get that attitude tonight. If you say do it, I'm going to do it. I know I know. I might not understand everything. I might not know why I got to be like this, but if you're saying it, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I got some faith tonight that God is in the middle of this and that it's coming from God. You can be seated tonight. Does you no good be defiant, to be rebellious. Does you no good. You're only going to cause yourself hurt. You're only going to cause yourself harm. You want to obey. You want to take the apostles example and apply it to your life. If you're going to call yourself apostolic, if you're going to say I have experienced this, well I'm going to let you know it got a, a whole, it's a whole lot more to do with it than just doctrine. It deals with obedience. It deals with lifestyle. It deals with your conversation. Paul said it. He said, we didn't behave ourselves disorderly among you. I want to have what they have. I don't want to just be, you know, some people, it's a sad thing to say, but they're only, they're, they're only apostolic by name. They're not. It's not the real experience. I want to know how to pray tonight. I want to know how to get a hold of God tonight. I want to know how to call on God, and when I call upon God, 
he hears me and he begins to move on my behalf. I want to know how to come into the house of the Lord and get my hands in there without wrath and without doubting, without feeling timid, without worrying about who's looking at me. I don't care who's looking at me. The only thing that matters is that he's looking at me and he's waiting to see how I'm going to react tonight, how I'm going to respond tonight. can be seated tonight. So I want to get my hands in there. I want to call out to him. I want to pour my heart out to him and let him know that I need you. And I need you right now. You'll find out that there's a lot of people that they want, they want positions. They want to be, they want to be seen. They want the spotlight. They want all of these different things. But they don't want to do what it takes. They don't want to humble themselves. They don't want to be broken. I'm going to tell you, it's a, it's a lot better to be broken tonight. It's a whole lot better to fall upon the rock tonight and be broken than to have the rock fall upon you. I can remember as a young, as a kid, and I can remember there were times as, as kids do, you, sometimes you get puffed up get a little, you think that you, you got it all going on and you're going to make some decisions. And I can remember my, my grandmother used to have a saying when we would get out of line. She would say, you're starting to smell yourself. Y'all remember that? And what that meant was you're getting a little too high and mighty. You're getting a little bit too lifted up. And when she would say those words, something would click in my mind as I knew. I better go ahead and make this thing right, and I better make it right right now. You need some dishes washed? I'll wash those dishes. You need that trash taken out? I'll take that trash out because I didn't want none of what was about to come. I wanted to smooth that thing over real quick and easy. I'm telling you, it's best that you go ahead and humble yourself and be broken than to have the rock to fall upon you and you be grinding. Come on, you're going to suffer some hurt. You're going to suffer some loss. But go ahead and willingly humble yourself and be broken and get in line with the word of God. You can be seated tonight. Get in line. Stop complaining. Stop murmuring. Stop bickering. You get instructions on to do something, do it. Do it. I promise you, you're going to be the better at the end. Things are going to work out a whole lot smoother, a whole lot better for you. I want to take the apostles' example tonight, and I want to apply it to my life tonight. I want to take their example. I don't want to take the example of the disobedient. I don't want to take the example of the one that is high and mighty and lifted up. That is an example. That is the wrong example. I want to take the right example tonight. I believe that there are some, there are people that don't realize you want to obey. You want to take the right example because guess what? You don't understand that you're leaving an example for those that are behind you. And you can't be defiant and disobedient and always pushing the envelope 
and always complaining and murmuring and bickering and expect for your kids to be saved. Expect for them to make it in the long run. They're going to take the example that is left for them. If you push the envelope, they're going to push the envelope. If you kick against things, guess what? They're going to kick against things. I want to take a good example tonight. I want to apply it to my life. More, more, more importantly, I want to see, understand that this thing is coming to an end, and it's coming to an end very, very soon. Can anybody see that day approaching? And the writer tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves as the manner of some. As you see that day approaching, there are people that proclaim that they have this truth, but every opportunity they get, they're canceling church. But tonight, I understand that the answer is not in canceling church. The answer is we need more church. This world needs more church. Come on, I am a wreck. I'm a mess without coming into the house of the Lord. Come on, I see a day approaching. He's on his way back. And when he comes back, I want want him to find me with my hands lifted in the air, with my mouth open, with my head to the plow, fully engaged and involved with his work. I want to take the apostles' example. You can be seated tonight. Every opportunity they got, they was going from house to house, breaking bread. In other words, somebody take their example. Don't wait for everybody else to do outreach. You make it up in your mind that I'm going to be a part of outreach. You make it up in your mind that I'm going to knock that door. You make it up in your mind that I'm going to teach that Bible study. You make it up in your mind that I'm going to get involved with the work of God. If you're really apostolic, you can be seated tonight. Come on. Are you a contender tonight? Or are you a pretender? There are a lot of people that pretend to know how to pray, but they really can't pray. There are people that are pretending to have the Holy Ghost, but it's been quite some time since they've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I really want to have what I say I have. I don't want to play a game. I don't want to go through the motions. I really want to get a hold of it. I wanted to be down in my heart tonight. Let us remain standing tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Come on, somebody. Take the example of the apostles tonight. Apply it to your life tonight. Oh, come on, somebody. Lift up your hands and call upon the name of the Lord. Come on, I don't want to play any games tonight. I got news for you. You ain't going to make it into heaven riding on your parents' coattail. You got to get it for yourself tonight. You got to know how to call on God for yourself. You got to know how to get those hands in there and pray until something happens. Come on, somebody. Don't play no games. It has shocked me how that people have been in church for years. You come to find out that when problems happen and problems come to reveal 
some things. God will shake some things up to reveal the truth. You'll find out that there are people that sat on church pews for years. And all they did was pretend. All they did was pretend. They didn't have what the apostles had. I want to have what the apostles had. I want to be, I want to understand that living for God is not always being on a high. It's not all about fun times and good times. There's sometimes that things are hard. There are times that things are stressful. There are sometimes that situations will press you. But if you got what the apostles had, it don't matter what you go through. You will hold on to it. Think about Paul in a prison cell. Yet he can still write letters and encourage people. Think about that. It wasn't fun and games for him. He was really going through it, but somehow he could still edify. He could still encourage. He could still write letters encouraging those in the faith. History teaches about one apostle, how that he was on. They had done, they had done persecute, they was persecuting the apostles, and they had done nailed him to a cross. And for two days he preached. Two days until his very last breath. I'm telling you, living for God ain't all about fun and games. There will be hard times. But if you got what the apostles had, you really got it. If you really apply their example to your life, you will hold on to it. No matter what storm, no matter what test, no matter what trial. If you got it, you got it. And can't nothing take it away from you. I want it like that tonight. I want it like that tonight. Let's lift up our hands and let's call upon the name of the Lord. Oh, come on, somebody. Ask God to put something inside of you. Come on. When you think about some of the things people are doing, and when I think about it, I'm like, I don't imagine Paul doing that. I don't imagine Peter, John, being about that. I don't imagine that. I don't read it in the Word that that's what they did. I want to have what they had tonight. I don't want to take some other route. I want the real thing. And if you're going to get the real thing, you got to know how to call upon God. Like, like right now, right now, you got to know how to lift up your voice and get a hold of God. He's here. He's here. He's just waiting to hear from you. He's here. Oh, we need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Somebody come now to this altar with your heart lifted with your hands. Calling upon the name of the Lord. Lord, put something inside of me. Put the spirit of the apostles inside of me that I have a hold of this. That my emotions won't cause me to let go of it. That I won't be on a spiritual roller coaster up one minute and down the next. That I have some stability. Help me to hold on. Help me to have a firm grip on it. 
in Jesus' name.